The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a fantasy NBA dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Bauer, joined as always by my co-host, fan of the 4-0 Chicago Bulls, Travis Fuller. Glad you mentioned it so I didn't have to go on a rant about how good the Chicago Bulls have been. Uh, final day of preseason, though. Excited to get this season underway. It's it's really exciting. A lot of young players that are really excited to watch this season and, and get it going. We're not going to overreact too much to preseason we've said that a couple times but we're not i promise but there is some news still biggest i think was wendell carter jr getting an extension four years 50 million and travis and i had been talking about this on the side for quite a while trying to figure out what this team is going to do with those bigs between him and bamba clearly they gave carter the contract and that's like time lord money so Trev, what do you think this means for Wendell Carter moving forward? And what do you think this means for Bamba moving forward? I think it's amazing for Wendell Carter's dynasty value that he's had a secure role. He's a young player. He was a restricted free agent. We knew coming into this season that they're going to split minutes, and I still think they do. But we knew one of them was going to get re-signed. The other one was probably going to get let go. It doesn't make sense to to put too much money uh, in the front court. But who knows? I mean, we've been seen playing together at times. So maybe there's potential that Mobamba will resign with this team as well and that they can uh, play together. But regardless, this is great for WCJ. If you own him, his stock is definitely going up because he's got a pretty secure role for the next four years. Without a doubt. And it's been really interesting because Bamba has been pretty clearly the better fantasy player, I would say, just on blocks alone. Wendell Carter has done what he does in scoring a little bit, rebounding the ball very well, getting some assists and then just getting some blocks and, and other things. But Bamba getting five blocks in a game is really going to juice those stats up. So I'm excited. I have Wendell Carter and I acquired him in a trade that relied on him having a role in Orlando. So a little bit, they've uh, invested heavily in both of these players. Yeah. You know, you say obviously Wendell Carter was a big piece in the Vooch trade, but Bamba was a lottery pick as well. So it, they've invested in both players. So it's we'll see where the money comes comes in for Bamba if if it comes from Orlando or not. It's I'll be curious to see because they have been playing them together. And that's the only thing that maybe they see something there. I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. A couple other pieces. Zion will be reevaluated in two weeks with that foot fracture. And... If I'm going to redraft league, like I'm not touching Zion at all. But for a dynasty outlook, if I had Zion, this is probably something you signed up for. Like you knew some of these injuries were likely, but seeing it come to reality is got to be a tiny bit concerning. Yeah, for, for his dynasty, I'm not moving him down. We're going to update our rankings here coming up soon before the season. So be on the lookout for that first off. But I'm not moving him down in my rankings. I'll, I'll let you know that right off the bat just because of, of this injury that he's coming off of. But I will say it is somewhat concerning for this season. I, I don't know if they're going to do a, a minutes restriction on Zion. I know he hated that, his rookie season. So I doubt that they do any sort of minutes restriction. But if you're a team that, that owns Zion and was looking to compete this year, 
uh, this could definitely be a hindrance throughout the season. Pat Will, your boy, came back today and played in preseason basketball for 22 minutes. And then M-Rob, Mitchell Robinson, also came back and was on a minutes restriction and played 27 minutes today <laughs> because Tibbs. So what do you think about both of those guys? We're both we're a little bit worried about having, like seeing them miss the beginning of the season and kind of treating them as a buy low candidate, but both of them coming back in and playing a decent chunk of minutes or a starter's load of minutes for Imrob right off the bat in the last preseason game. You got to feel good about that. If you're, if you're owners of those guys. Yeah. Good to see them back. I absolutely thought both guys would miss at least the first week of this, of the regular season, but good to see them back. I was actually kind of hoping Pat will would miss a little bit more time. And oh, you know, maybe, I was, and maybe come out a little slow so I could acquire him in, in our leagues, but it's great to see him back. Obviously, he's going to do. He's he's really a, a really key player for the Bulls on the defensive end, and then Emrob the same way. He's been working out. He looked a little bit bigger today. Uh, so uh, excited to see what he can do this year and see if he can finally uh, reach those lofty goals that we all have set for him. Terrence Mann also got a new deal. He got a two-year, twenty-two million dollar contract extension, which for him is awesome, and it's especially awesome because. When he got voted the player most likely to break out by NBA GMs, he clapped back and said, you know, the people that didn't draft me, that waited till I was 45th to draft me. I thought that was great. I'm really excited to see what he does this year because he's a player I rostered towards the tail end of last year that did some great things, had that huge game in the playoffs and will be an important part of this team. Last two pieces of injury information. TJ Warren had a scan today, and Rick Carlisle talked about the results of it. They said they were positive, but that his recovery timeline is still in weeks and not days, which is disappointing. They said they have another scan scheduled for three weeks, so TJ Warren will for sure be missing at least the first month of the season in my eyes. And then obviously... Who knows after that, that scan could also have positive results and still be pushing his timeline back in weeks. So a little bit worrisome there if you're a TJ Warren owner, but he's pretty much been knocked down in every dynasty rankings I've seen from last year and then continuing into this year since it is a foot and that is concerning. James Wiseman also will be reevaluated on November 1st, so a little over two weeks at the time of this recording. The Warriors probably aren't that worried about that because they would rather him just be 100% healthy and let them try to win some games to start the season. But I'm, I'm not really sure that this changes anything with Wiseman because his value seems to be kind of low right now as it is, regardless of injury. Yeah, really hoping for him to get back sooner than later just so he can develop, whether he gets the minutes or not. Uh, he really just needs to be on the court and be playing, practicing with the team. In those deeper leagues, though, this is you know, a chance to look at Kayvon Looney. It looks like he's going to be starting this year for this team. I, I still think Draymond's going to take most of those minutes at the five with the way that they've constructed that roster. But in those 30-team leagues, Looney might have some value this year. Today, we are going to have some fun with this episode because we are going to talk about the NBA Fantasy Regular Season Awards. And we kind of made some up on the back end, but we we were just having fun with all these categories and there were some guys that we wanted to talk about that we may have made up awards for. So first things first, we are going to talk about the MVP and you can take this two ways. Our first candidate is the best fantasy player this year. And then we have some honorable mentions and that might be value at the spot games play, like whatever it is. So just best player in fantasy this year, Steph Curry to me. What do you think? I mean, we can't argue that. 
if Steph plays, nope. <laughs> stays healthy and, and plays a full year, I, I mean, look what he's doing tonight. He's, he's already at 30 points through uh, three quarters. So uh, he's just a guy that can really light it up and it's going to do a lot for that team. So there's, there's no argument for me. Uh, the player I chose was James Harden. And that's just because he's a, he's an iron man other outside of last year. He's a guy that typically likes to play every game. Uh, we we all know the news about Kyrie. We don't know what that situation is is going to be like and how it plays out. So Harden's going to be out there. I put a, a small wager on James Harden leading the league in assists as well. So I got that to root for this year. But I just think he has a, a really solid season. We saw what he was able to do last year for this team. And I think he's going to be able to match that, if not exceed it, uh, with Kyrie Irving out to start the year. The Kyrie piece of it had me leaning Harden first, but I kind of figured with him and KD, they're going to be so good that they may not need to play as much together, like play games together. I mean, so the games played factored in there for me, but it factored in even more so with my honorable mention, Jason Tatum should be going in the first round of any redraft should be going about top seven. And I think with his games played, he could very, very easily end up towards the top five, top three, with all the games played, with the improvements that we project him to make. Yeah, and my honor mention is Paul George. Uh, we know Kawhi Leonard's out this year. I foresee a huge season incoming for Paul George. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, he's not going to be able to rest too much this year. That team really needs him out there. His usage should go up even a little bit more than what it normally is. And I just foresee a, a big year for from Paul George this season. Moving on, Defensive Player of the Year. And this is guys who... We're not talking about AD. We're not talking about Gobert. We're not talking about Giannis. We're talking about guys whose fantasy value will almost certainly be directly tied to their defensive contributions, their stocks. And anybody who listens to this show, you know who my choice is. Nerlens Noel, because I promise you he is going to be on the board in the 100s. And I also promise you he will finish inside the 100s because of his steals and his blocks. I know you love yourself some Nerlens, and and he's a player – Man, every time I look at your team, it's like, nah, why, why don't you just you just need to drop that, that guy or, or just throw him in a trade? But no, no, that's not going to happen on, on any of your teams. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. Uh, the player I'm choosing is uh, just the defensive wizard of the league, and that is Matisse Tybal, where pretty much 100% of his value comes from his stocks. He averaged uh, over a, a steal and a half and a block last year. I think his minutes go up. He only played 20 minutes a game last year. I think he can creep up closer to 23 24 minutes and that just means more stocks for him so somebody in in my rankings as well that i'm going to continue to to move up the board because he's such a unique player and he's one of those guys where it's you don't want to give up what the capital you have to give up to acquire him but and then if as well as if you own him he's not somebody that you often want to be looking to trade just because of what he can bring to your team in limited minutes and that's why you always give me crap for Nerlens. That's the exact same thing, <laughs> just with the steals and the blocks flipped. My, my honorable mention here is Jakob Pertl, because last year, 27 minutes a game, 1.8 blocks and 0.7 steals. He bumps that up to 30 minutes a game. You're looking at two blocks and a steal, and that is great value for a guy who is just not very highly regarded that you could probably get around that 100 range in a casual league. Yeah, honorable mention for me, Robert Williams. Uh, I love bigs that can get steals and he's a guy that can get you a steal in two blocks and that's in 20 minutes a game. So I'm, I'm really excited. I know we all are really excited to see what, what time Lord can do this year. Hopefully he doesn't get in the doghouse at any point this season. 
I wouldn't be upset. I own Horford. So doghouse away time Lord. <laughs> sleep in as much as you'd like <laughs> moving on to six man of the year. This is going to be the most impactful fantasy player off the bench, not your typical best scorer off one of the better teams off the bench. Looking at you, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, my player for this is a surprise and it's actually Alex Caruso because I just think he's going to have a big role on the Bulls. They need guys out there who can play defense. They brought him in there on a good contract, and he's a guy that can get you some points, get you some boards, assists, steals. Not super great with percentages, but I, I'm looking for a big year from Caruso. I love Caruso, and I, I think the big thing, too, with what you, with where you're putting him there is where you can get him at. I mean, you can pick him up yes. in pretty much most 12-team leagues, and in 13-team leagues, you can acquire him rather cheaply. Uh, most of the time. So that is a great pick there. My selection is a player that I actually, again, you know, I'm a betting man, uh, put a little bit of lunch money on to win six man of the year this year. And that is Tyler hero. And again, it's mainly because they're, he's just going to have to play. I, I foresee him getting 32 minutes off the bench for this Miami heat team. He can really shoot. He can score. Uh, hopefully his playmaking gets a little better. He's not going to give you stocks, but if he can average close to 18 points this year, over three assists, five boards or so, I, I, I think he's going to be really solid. And somebody that had a great rookie season but didn't really show the improvements that I know a lot of us thought he would make. Uh, but I think we see those improvements this year. Had an incredible preseason, scored over 20 points in four of their six games on really good efficiency. And he might actually be disqualified from this conversation after having started too many games because of how old Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and PJ Tucker are, who are the typical starters, but we'll deal with that when the time comes. Honorable mention for six man of the year. Another guy you should know is coming because Andre Drummond is going to be incredible for fantasy this year. If you can handle his flaws. No doubt. No doubt whatsoever. I, I love me some Drummond, man. I could talk. We could talk like another 10 minutes about Andre Drummond, but we're uh, not going to <laughs> for me is Ricky Rubio, uh, again, kind of the Alex Caruso type player that goes later in drafts, but it's just super useful for your dynasty team, especially in certain builds that uh, he's going to provide really good assists, elite steals, good free throw percentage. Uh, I, I love Ricky Rubio this year. He can come in and play both guard spots. Uh, so an honorable mention there for six man of the year. Rookie of the year. We actually have the same honorable mention, but our primary winners are different. I had Cade Cunningham. I think he's just going to be the most impactful rookie for fantasy. And he's got plenty of opportunity moving forward. It's it's pretty easy for me. Yeah, I went with another chalky pick as well in Jalen Suggs. I, I love Jalen's game. He's just such a fierce competitor. I think he's going to go out there and really try and change the dynamic of that team. And he, he's going to, I mean, obviously the opportunity is going to be there as well. So for me, uh, he's going to be my rookie of the year this season for dynasty owners. Honorable mention, Chris Duarte has been awesome in preseason with all the injuries that the Pacers are having. He's going to play a ton and he has locked down the starting spot as long as Karis Levert and TJ Warren are out. So congratulations if you drafted him. Coach of the year. We took this a little bit differently, Travis and I did, and so you'll probably hear that when we explain our picks. But my winner was Taylor Jenkins, because if he plays the guys he's supposed to play, he will have the biggest impact on fantasy value. And that's like Desmond Bain, JJJ staying on the court. That's partially his fault, but Melton, like guys like that. If he plays all of them, he's going to be the fantasy coach of the year. But if he doesn't, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> 
I, I just don't have any faith that he's going to play the youth, but maybe, maybe this is the season. My coach of the year is going to be Chris Finch. I loved what he did when he took over the team last year. He came out, uh, put Jade McDaniels in there at the four next to Cat. They have a lot of young talent on this team, and, and I just I really like the way that he's doing his rotations, at least early on. He's giving players like Jaden minutes. He's giving guys like Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, Daz Reed, I think, is going to play a decent amount. Um, Jalen Noel, another young guy that I think they're going to get in there and maybe even get some backup point guard minutes for him. So uh, for me, Chris French is really running this team the right way and, and getting good looks out of the young players. James Borrego is my honorable mention just because Charlotte has one of the most interesting fantasy lineups as far as guys who could finish inside the top 150 because they could legitimately have like eight or nine guys finish inside the top 150 and it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. Yours is also not a surprise. <laughs> not whatsoever. Uh, everybody's favorite fantasy coach, and that's Tom Thibodeau. Uh, he's going to come out. Give 27 minutes to Emra right away. <laughs> Just no problem whatsoever. Get him out there. He needs minutes. I, I love Tibbs, man. He just gives everybody the, every all the minutes that they can handle. Uh, nobody's sitting back-to-backs whatsoever. I just love the guy. I got to put him in there. Over under on how many games Kemba has to play under Thibs before he becomes the first buyout candidate to ever request a trade. Is that on, <laughs> is that on some sports book? <laughs> <laughs> it very well should be it, it should be oh man love tips all right comeback player of the year so player who did not do as well in fantasy last year who should have a much better season this year I chose Wendell Carter Jr. off the back of that extension last year he was in the 140s just not very good it was partially due to minutes partially due to injury partially due to role going from Chicago to Orlando but I imagine that he will finish inside the top 100 this year, which isn't a huge jump, but there's still some value to be had. And my player that I chose for comeback player of the year is Yusuf Nurkic. And I love the coaching change to Billups from like right away. Immediately Billups came out and said that they need to get Nurkic more involved. He is a playmaker on this team. Uh, he was a top 40 player a couple of years ago. Obviously we know what he did in the bubble. He was injured that year, but, his bubble performance was the best basketball of his career. And then last year, things just didn't go well. Again, as you mentioned, uh, for your player, a little bit of minutes, a little bit of injury. Uh, but I think he really bounces back and is inside that top 40 again this year. Uh, he's just a player that does a little bit of everything. And um, if, Bill, if what Billups has been saying is true, he's absolutely going to get a lot of opportunity on this team to be a, a playmaker. My honorable mention, I tried to stay towards the back end of the draft to give you guys a little bit of sneaky value. Uh, I chose Brandon Clark as a comeback player of the year because we know how good he was in his rookie year. Then he changed his shot and got pushed out of the rotation a little bit. And so this ties in very nicely to my coach of the year pick because Brandon Clark is good at basketball. And if he comes back and plays a decent enough role, he should be well on his way to inside a top 100 finish. I did not stay the back end. For not at all. Uh, my honorable mention for comeback is Anthony Davis. And that's mainly, I just wanted to blurt, just do a short blurb that this guy's a top five player. I don't let last year where he was outside the top 25 influence uh, your outlook on him moving forward. He's going to play the five more this year. He's a surefire top 10 guy. Just don't, we've been seeing him going outside of uh, the top 10 in redrafts and dynasty. He's, you know, in our, I believe our mock, he went 16th. So yep. uh, there's definitely value to be had with him. Don't let him drop too far. 
most improved player. I think this is probably the bet in real life as well. Actually, OG Ananobi is probably taking over that in real life. But my fantasy most improved player, which is kind of a cheat, but it's Darius Garland because last year he was outside the top 120, and this year he will be way better than that mostly due to minutes and role, but he just is going to be a whole lot better this year. And I'm really excited to see where he ends up, hopefully taking the ball out of Colin Sexton's hands and bringing me home some hardware with that most improved player. Yeah. I love that pick. Big fan of Garland. Uh, My selection for most improved player is miles bridges. I believe he's going to be starting at the four this year for the new look Hornets. Obviously a guy we talked about. If you look at one of our first episodes, uh, just a player that improved incredibly throughout the, the end of the season, those last couple months. He was just a fantastic player inside the top 50. I think he's going to get starter minutes. He fits really well along with that team. Super athletic guy. And, and I'm hoping those improvements he made towards the end of last season carry through to this year. My honorable mention is a guy we talk about all the time that I couldn't not talk about. And that's RJ Barrett, because last year he was 174 in nine cat. I think he will be better than that, even though you did have some concerns about his role with guys like Kimbo and Fournier coming in. I think his efficiency is real. Not only do I think it's real, I think it's going to get better. And he's good enough to where he should demand a similar role, even with guys like Kimba and Fournier out there, especially when Kimba, again, is not an Iron Man and will be playing for Thibs. My selection, honorable mention, Desmond Bain. Uh, we've seen a lot of hype on him. He had a, a great... Uh, summer league game and he's been pretty good this preseason as well he was outside the top 200 last year uh, mainly just due to low minutes so he looks like he's going to gain a starting role this year and if he can get close to 30 minutes he'll be really useful coach of the year taylor jenkins right there uh (laughs) so this is where we start to make up our own awards the regression player of the year is we've Again, talk about him before. DeMontis Sabonis, I do not see him being a top 25 player that he was last year. Uh, the minutes is going to be different. The role is going to be a little bit different. Although, the, the only thing I would say about that is if the Pacers stay as decimated as they are, he's going to be asked to do a whole lot. But if Karis LeVert comes back, Brogdon stays healthy for however many games he's expected to stay healthy for, and then TJ Warren comes back at some point, I see Sabonis falling back likely closer to 50 than 25 in my regression candidate this year. And it's not that I, I dislike this player. I just, I like this team and what they've done. And that's scary. Terry Rozier, uh, just that team in general has just gotten a lot better. I don't foresee him being a top 40 player again next year. Uh, the, like I mentioned, the players around him, uh, I, I feel he's just going to have to give a, a little bit away of, of some of his points to a guy like miles bridges. I think LaMelo Ball takes another step forward. Book Knight's there now to take a little bit of pressure off him so he doesn't have to play 36 minutes uh, per game. So somebody that I see regressing a little bit from his career season last year. Not to mention the shooting percentages from the field and all of those injuries. I could You could definitely see some regression there. My honorable mention was Malik Beasley because he played 33 minutes a game last year on the Wolves that now have Anthony Edwards, who should take all of those shots Carl Anthony Towns going to be healthy. D'Angelo Russell going to be healthy. Jaden McDaniels out there on the floor more. There's just a lot more guys that should be playing. And I'm not sure Malik Beasley gets that much run. Who is your honorable mention for regression player of the year? Uh, another shooter, just like you. And this, this guy is Buddy Heald. Uh, I, I, I just think he's, he's the odd man out for that team. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to 
get a starting spot. And this guy played 34 minutes last year. I have a hard time seeing him sniffing 34 minutes this year. I think he's closer to 28, uh, 28 to 30 with uh, Davion Mitchell there as well coming off the bench. So they'll definitely find minutes for him. He's an elite shooter, but he doesn't really offer much else. And if, if he's not getting those counting stats due to the, just being on the court, uh, I, I foresee him just having a little bit worse season than he has had in the past and what we're used to out of Buddy. The only thing that could save that is being moved to like a place like Philly where he does retain the same role and is also asked to do a little bit more than what he's been asked to do on Sacramento. But we can deal with that when the time comes. Fade the train. The hype train has gotten a little bit out of control. And these guys should not be a surprise for any of you that's listened to this show because we talk about them often. But we met, we have the award and we're going to talk about Kevin Porter Jr. Because... Travis has a stat line from this last preseason game that encapsulates why we are so far behind the curve on a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, I mean, first off, KPJ, his ADP has been rising. You know, we moved him up our rankings, obviously, just to that John Wall news. But, I mean, he's been rising up incredibly high in dynasty rankings that we've seen. And, yes, he's an exciting player to watch. He can get buckets. But tonight is a perfect example of why we are hesitant to take him where he tends to be going. And if you look at his stat line tonight, 16 points, three rebounds, four assists, three steals. Three steals is awesome. That's great. And you're like, okay, that's a solid line. But then you look at the efficiency, six of 20 from the field, three of six from the free throw line. That's just really, really going to hurt him. I have a hard time seeing him getting close to the top 150 this year. I mean, I don't think he don't even think about top 100. I have a hard time seeing top 150 if if he's shooting 42% from the field and 72% from the free throw line. Uh, it's where he's going is the biggest issue, right? We we like KPJ yeah. if we can get him, you know, outside the top 100, but it's it's all about that ADP with him. Uh, that's that's more than anything why we're just kind of fading that that hype train that uh, Kevin Porter Jr. has has been getting. And these awards are just for this year, so it's mostly just about how Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have free reign to do pretty much whatever he wants and take those 20 shots, make five of them, and do it again the next night. And, and on a team like that, defense, pretty optional. Uh, so that just kind of plays a factor in there as well. So there's definitely some room for improvement with KPJ on that efficiency and then that's going to change the math on what he is going to be as far as a fantasy asset. My honorable mention, Poku, less about the player, more about where he's going and how people seem to be valuing him. Travis, what's your honorable mention for Fade the Train? Keldon Johnson, we talked about him before. don't need to go too much into it. A player, a really good real-life player, just don't see his game translating to fantasy. Hype Train. So who are guys that the Hype Train is going and we are on it. We, we've, we were a bit skeptical, but we hopped on. My guy... Ties into Coach of the Year Taylor Jenkins because he's going to play DeAnthony Melton more than 19 minutes a game this year, hopefully closer to that 25-minute mark. And if he does, Melton's probably going to end up inside the top 100, maybe even a little bit higher than that. Uh, I love DeAnthony Melton. I I really hope he gets minutes, but, man, I don't know if Jenkins is going to give it to him. I just don't know. Uh, My hype train, I've hopped on board. Uh, I I liked him coming into this year. This preseason games have – have made me the conductor of this train. And that is Mo Bamba. 
We all love Mo Bamba. We know what he can do. The potential is there. And I think he's going to bring it this year. He's, he's a free agent, restricted free agent this year. So he, he, he's got to bring it. It's now or never for him. And I think he knows that as well. Hopefully he can stay healthy. It looks like, as we mentioned, when we were talking about the WCJ news, he has been playing alongside him a little bit, which is really exciting to see. Maybe he can get a few more minutes that way. But if he can just get 22, 24 minutes, I mean, he can average close to three blocks this year. I mean, he, he really can. So uh, I am all on the Mo Bamba hype train. I actually had him third as my defensive player of the year for fantasy, because if on the off chance he gets close to like 30 minutes a game, he could very easily lead the league in blocks. <laughs> and that's just ridiculous. So my honorable mention is time Lord. I, you know, it's just, it's time Lord. How can you not? That's, that's really all I have to say about that. And my honorable mention is Nikhil Alexander Walker otherwise known as no, I think he's just going to be a, have a really good season. They cleared the path with Lonzo not being there. I think he's the guy that steps up most in that backcourt. For sure. And then hype train conductor. So this is the guys that don't get enough hype. Travis and I are up front pulling the horn, just choo-choo. We're shoveling coal in. We're trying to get this thing to get as much momentum as possible. And I just talked about him not that long ago. Andre Drummond is not getting enough fantasy love for what he can do in limited minutes. We have talked about it in previous episodes, so I don't want to get too crazy, but backing up Joel Embiid is a really, really good spot to be when you're a guy that only needs 18 minutes to put up a double, double with a steal and a block. And, and backing up Embiid, you mentioned it right there. That's, that's the biggest thing right yep. there. You know, you, you got to assume Embiid's 25 games of Drummond starting <laughs> and that can win you weeks. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible what his value could be this year. You guys will know the weeks that he wins me weeks. Cause I'll tell you about them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the, the guy I've been pushing, I love this kid. I I'm going with a rookie and that is Davion Mitchell. Uh, I'm a Baylor fan. I, I watched a lot of his games, but I just love his game. A lot of people didn't like the fit with the Kings. I personally love it because the Kings were the worst defensive team in the league last year. Davion Mitchell is going to play. He's going to get minutes. I can see him closing out games on that team. I think they're going to find some a lot of three-guard rotations with Halliburton and Fox, and he's going to be the guy that's going to be in there, not Buddy Heald, at the end of games. So I love this kid. I, I, in a lot of rookie drafts, I don't even see him in going, going inside the top 10 in rookie drafts, and maybe that's because he doesn't. he might not have the upside, the appeal that other players such as a Moses Moody have. Uh, but Man, he's just going to be a really solid player. He's going to help your fantasy team. And I can see him improving. He has the dog in him to get better and want to be the best. So he's somebody that I can see improving uh, each year and maybe not lead that team, but just be a really useful piece. These picks, the, the hype train conductor picks specifically, are mostly about the value with which you can get them at. Because in dynasty drafts, obviously that matters a little bit differently in redraft because you probably just take a flyer on Drummond around pick 110 or something like that. But in dynasty drafts, Drummond is going outside the top 150. And if you're a, a contending to like, if you take Giannis with your first pick, just pencil in Andre Drummond in the 120s to 140s. Like, just do it because I promise you it will work out for you. Our honorable mentions for the hype train conductors is more of a dynasty flavor because this year, your guy this year will probably contribute. My guy hopefully doesn't have to contribute because that means the Pacers aren't healthy. And that's Isaiah Jackson. It's less about 
like him as a player this year. And it's more about how the Pacers view him because he's in there ahead of O'Shea Brissett and Goga Patadze. And that matters a lot because Isaiah Jackson is out there doing good things on the basketball court. He's going to get you blocks. He's very active on both ends of the glass. So he's going to get putbacks and the Pacers view him as a long-term starter, him and Duarte. So that's, that's one of those things. Maybe it's my team bias, but Isaiah Jackson's going closer to 200 in these dynasty drafts and he will not be towards 200 when we finish our ranking update. I can promise you that. And the Pacers love him. I mean, everything out of Pacers camp has just been so He's their long-term four, apparently. That's that's massive in itself. Uh, My honorable mention that the guy I have been hyping up, a guy that I I just love, and I I don't think he gets enough hype, uh, is RJ Hampton. I know he's kind of an afterthought in that backcourt now that they have uh, Suggs there. But man, RJ Hampton is a player. Every time I watch this kid, I, I just think he's going to be good. He just looks really good out there. His stats may not show it yet, but he's super athletic. He can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Uh, and in my opinion, I think he's starting at the end of the year next to Jalen Suggs as the shooting guard, or maybe even possibly small forward if they want to get Fultz out there as well, if he's healthy and ready to go. But I, I love him. Go out and get him if you can. Again, like I mentioned, his stats don't show the type of player that he can be uh, on the court. The thing with RJ Hampton that makes him such a hype candidate is he doesn't turn 21 until February. He is so young. And in the preseason, not that much to take away from it, four games, 21 minutes played, 11 points, six boards, two and a half assists, one steal, when one three on 44% and 85% on 3.3 attempts a game. That's a massively improved free throw percentage. And RJ Hampton is a guy who is going to have plenty of opportunity to get better early in the season because Markel Fultz is not healthy. And Fultz is the only one that I think can take that starting job away from Hampton. If that's even going to happen by the time Fultz gets healthy. And as you mentioned, he's only 20 and he was a big piece and trading away Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's a really good player. And, and it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't easy for the Nuggets to part with him. Uh, to acquire Gordon. So he's a big piece in that return and uh, uh, just a player I, I love. And I don't think he gets the the hype that a lot of these other young players are getting big time pat on the back for myself there. When at the trade deadline, I saw that the nuggets were going to be acquiring Aaron Gordon. I immediately went up and picked Hampton and everybody else was scrambling to get ball ball. Nah, nah. Hampton's the <laughs> asset. That's the dude. And that's going to prove out if not this year, definitely sometime in the near future. So don't miss out on RJ Hampton. Thank you very much for tuning in to our Fantasy NBA Awards episode. We had a lot of fun putting these together and discussing them. Before the episode, we actually took more than an hour to figure out what we were going to talk about so we weren't walking on each other and argue about some of these picks as well. And don't forget too, Rhett, we are going to keep these rankings. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to them and we're going to probably, <laughs> probably do an episode at the end of the year this season looking back and seeing how our, how our picks played out. Probably going to do a mid-season review of these, maybe make some changes just to keep these awards <laughs> fresh in your guys' minds so you can make fun of me when I say that Alex Caruso is the sixth man of the year this year and that Taylor Jenks is going to win coach of the year because I'll probably be cursing him up and down for the first 10 games of the season, without a doubt. We have a great time with stuff like this. We've gotten a lot of questions in the DMs and on Discord, so please make sure if you haven't already, go in, get your ratings and reviews so we can get up to 35. I know some of you have already gotten in there and done that, and we thank you very much for that. But 
35 is the line. We told you what it was going to be. So tell your friends, get on their ratings and reviews, get to 35, and we will answer all of your questions so that you can go into this season with as much information as possible. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will catch you again next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.